Jack, no! What the hell is going on? And why is there an Avenger in my dining room? Hi. Oh my god. You're, you're Archer. Hawkeye. Or Clint. It's the branding issue, I'm telling you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> He's my partner. We're not partners. Well, we're friends slash partners. I wouldn't really describe us as friends. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. Dun, dun, dun. All right, y'all, we're here to discuss the most recent Marvel TV show, and I would say expectations were low. Expectations were low, and I don't think that's just on you or me or us. I think it's just when you put this show side by side with the other Disney Plus shows that we've gotten. Yes, but then what did we get? We got... Quite the surprise. We got a Christmas treat. A Christmas miracle. <laughs> it was a Christmas miracle. This was a delightful show. It truly was. I think this this blew our socks off. I think this will single-handedly make some people uh, like retroactively enjoy Hawkeye as a character more. Um, mm, no, not necessarily. Maybe. But at least, you know, you know that it's going somewhere fun. We get introductions I don't think to a couple anyone, great characters. I just don't think anyone dislikes Hawkeye, but, like, nobody was asking for this. Definitely. Except for you. I mean, like, yeah. I wanted <laughs> I wanted the respect due to all of the original six Avengers in one form or another. That's and now, true. And now we have that. That's a really good point. I shouldn't be so hard. Then we should I get, get it, a though. new Mark Ruffalo film. I would love that. I think they want to do that. So. Well, I guess they're going to incorporate him to She-Hulk, but that's not what we're here to discuss today. No, no, it's not. We are going to do a rundown, more or less our thoughts. We're not going to go through, you know, plot by plot point of each episode. But since we haven't talked about it at all, if any of you are nervous that we weren't going to talk about it, don't worry. We're here. There's been a lot going on. Obviously, uh, we put out our special no Way Home episode last week, so hope you all enjoyed that because... No spoilers on that if you no haven't spoilers. watched. No spoilers. Um, but if you haven't seen No Way Home, definitely check that out. Um, there might be one tiny spoiler. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good week to be a Marvel fan. Yeah, there might be one spoiler that relates to Kingpin, so... Yeah. Just FYI. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, if you haven't seen No Way Home, tread lightly. Do yourself a favor if you but can. But that, that would be the only thing, something that relates to Kingpin. I wonder what that could be. Yeah, otherwise we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna talk about Spider-Man, so don't worry about that. <clears throat> um yeah, so should, but I know we said we're just gonna kinda talk about Bradley, but maybe we'll just start with like each we'll just kinda run through each episode and general thoughts on what was kind of what was being introduced. Yeah. Um I mean we can I mean we can still talk about some overall thoughts. I was just talking to friend of the show, Alex, from uh, our Sky High episode and Alex and Jessa Watch. Um, and I was just saying that, like, this feels like an actual TV show and they didn't bite off more than they could chew. Yeah. Whereas, like, WandaVision and Loki, and not so much Falcon, but a little bit, um, went really big. Right. Really big. I mean, I think WandaVision was successful in what they did, but 
coming right off of Loki, like they were tackling like a huge topic and like a, they were trying to do a lot. Um, and I don't even mean that they did it badly, but this was like very like succinct. Like they finished their plot. They were like, this is the story we're telling. It has a beginning, middle and end. It leaves something that could still happen, but it, it was satisfying all the way through, I would say. Yeah. And it, it made sense going along. I was like, okay, I kind of get what's happening next, but I still didn't know what was going to happen next. There was still like a mystery element to it. Um, but I wasn't like, how are they going to end this show? Like, I never thought that I was like, yeah, I think they have a plan. Yeah. And it wasn't like a vehicle for a plot device, like the Just multiverse to get to a or a second yeah. season or, and like, yeah, we have we have characters that are that are set up here, but it's done very organically, and they don't whack you over the head being like these characters are going to come back. It's just like you can make these assumptions yourself. These like younger characters who are kind of taking over, yeah, we'll probably see them again, but like you don't need us to tell you that because we're telling the story that we're telling. Yeah, I think they did exactly that. They told the story they wanted to tell. Yep, and I'm sure that like especially. Um, with a general lack of teases or future setup in the finale, people are going to be kind of upset about it, which I get. But also, this is a great, like, closed story. No, I think it it felt open enough that, like... Like, I know Kate Bishop is coming back. I know that Florence Pugh, Yelena, is coming back. Right. I know that... Well, we already know, know that... Um, Maya's character is coming back because that's been announced, but like, yeah, none yeah. of nothing felt closed, but it felt like we said, like, a like this, this chapter is over, right? It, it felt like a season one of a show, yeah. And I wouldn't be mad if we got a second Hawkeye season focusing more on Kate, um, Kate and Elena, of course. Uh, the best duo you know, there ever was. I think I think Clint's definitely gonna he's gonna put the bow down after this one. Yeah, he felt old. Yeah. He felt, and I think that was on purpose. I mean they literally gave him a hearing aid. Yeah. But it was it was tough to watch sometimes. Yeah. Get this man like out of the out of the frying pan. I he's, mean he did fine. Oh, yeah, he handled his business, but like he doesn't need to be doing this anymore. Just no. let him hang out with his kids. All right, well, let's jump into this. Yeah. This show kicks off with what is a great flashback to Avengers. Yeah, they did a good job of um, making it feel like it was the same. Because I think, honestly, as silly as it is, one of the main problems that you have to tackle with Kate Bishop is why does this person idolize Hawkeye out of all of these heroes? And, like, I I don't know a thing about Kate Bishop in the comics, so having her witness... Like, something that we have seen before on screen that was portrayed as, like, a pretty badass moment, but a badass moment amongst a sea of other badass moments from the likes of Cap and Hulk and Black Widow and Iron Man was really cool because it's like, yeah, you know, he's the underdog. He's just the guy with the bow. But But I think that's why she likes him. Yeah. Like, just this normal guy. And obviously, like, he saved her life. Right. Like, inadvertently. Yeah. I think it was just, it was a great, succinct setup. Yeah. And And it was just, like, seeing um, the invasion of New York from that ground level is really cool. Because in the Netflix shows, they talk about it, 
kind of in retrospect, um, mostly in Daredevil, in the first season of Daredevil. But because of the nature of those shows, we never see it. And you never really feel it. Like, you never... I never found it that believable. But seeing, like, the chaos as it unfolds is, like... That shit was scary, especially for a kid. Yeah, and I think they did a good job of, like, tying it in with her, like privilegedness because like most kids that were like oh my gosh that's so awesome this like archer can't just go and do archery after that like well she was already into archery yeah but still like it just enhanced it like the fact that she's like this prep school kid yeah and like that between that fencing fencing, yeah yeah, like super bougie yeah, but it really worked, and they, like, made it work really well into her, like, being able to fight. Like, we don't have to explain that, like, she she knows how to fight in, like, a very specific way, but it still, like, worked for her character. Yeah. And I know that's, like, a plot point of her in the comics, too, is that she's, like, wealthy. Loaded. Yeah. And I, I did really like how they handled that aspect of her character. And how it played into the relationship with her mom and Jack. Because she, and I think they they do address this in one of the earlier episodes, like, she takes full advantage of this world that she lives in, but she also, like, rolls her eyes at it. For sure. Like, when she goes to the party and, like, has to deal with all, like, these hoity-toity, like, the the Duquesne family, and, you know, they're just, like, Like, she totally rejects it, but I think her mom is partially right to be, like, you're rejecting it, but, like, you're still benefiting from it. It's, like, her mom's point. I think her mom is flawed, ultimately, by being, like, you can't handle, like, I have to do everything for you, like, because I think her mom almost resents her for, like, growing up so privileged since her mom did not. Yeah. But um, I do think her mom is partially right, too, though, that, like, she doesn't even fully conceptualize, like, just how much she benefits from all of it. Yeah, totally. I think they do a good job of also painting like a 20-year-old or 19, however however old she's supposed to be. Maybe 21. 20. I think she says it. It's like 22 or something. Okay, yeah. So, but like really young 20s, like, because she's not like, I'm a kid, I'm immature. Like, even though people treat her like a kid, she like walks that line pretty well because I think that's a hard age to like play. Yeah, and she was very believable. Because she makes immature decisions, but she's also, like, still mature. She's, like, 22. (laughs) Right. So we get thrown into the the main plot of this show pretty quickly. Well, we get, like, some Hawkeye and family stuff. And most importantly, we get the Rogers musical. Oh, yes. Oh, but of course. Which loved that tie-in at the end of the series. It was very very welcome. Um, but yeah, so we totally make a musical out of that shit. They couldn't, they couldn't resist. I guess in universe, it's been 12 years. So they're like, it's finally time, but my God, I mean, I also really like the juxtaposition of like showing Clint and his family kind of like fish out of water in New York. Like they like, don't really feel like they belong there. Like they live on a farm. They're like very down to earth. Compared to, like, Kate and her family, who were also being introduced to as, like, going to this, like, fancy dinner party and, like, auction and, like, 
just these two different worlds. Like, I think they kept the class thing, like, really subtle, but it was, like, obviously there. I mean, they talked about, like, Kate's thing a lot, but they didn't explicitly state how different it was from, like, Clint or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, because, like, we don't... We still, coming out of this show, don't know too much about, like... I, I get, We know that Hawkeye is comfortable and, like, has this farm and stuff, but... To the point where we've grappled with uh, superheroes not being paid by Stark. I am not imagining that Clint made a lot of money in his avenging days, but well, he was the only... Well, I think we found out that Laura's the one making money. Well, yeah. But also, like, well before we ever see Clint in the MCU, he's been working for S.H.I.E.L.D. for decades. Which he does get paid for. Yeah, like, that's, that's what I'm that's saying. Like, he, yeah. he made all of his money then. <laughs> um... Yeah, so, I mean, the big things that happen, I think, in this is, like, we get the first mention of a Rolex. Yeah. And then we get the Ronin um, being auctioned off, and then, the, like, the, um, what are they? <laughs> I just forgot. The um, mafia. Tracksuit. The tracksuit track mafia yeah. show up. And the dog. Lucky. Lucky. Love Lucky. And Jack, who, I'm a Jack stan. I'm just going to say it. Yeah, I was really happy. I was really happy that he that he turned out the way he did. Did I or did I not say early on, mom's sus AF and I think Jack is going to be okay? You did. You did. You called it. He's just... Jack's just a sweet guy. A sweet, sweet, too rich for his own good, clueless guy. You know? Do we want to talk about Kate's dad at all? Because they introduced him in this flashback... It's obviously very important plot-wise that he, like, dies. There was speculation. Yeah, I thought that Eleanor killed him. And then as the finale proceeded, I was like, well, maybe, like, Kingpin killed him. But I guess he, he did just... actually die. A bit of a, to me, a bit of a red herring. Because yeah, the way that they were setting they, up like, Eleanor. Didn't show, like, it was the her leaving and her not being able to get her, to her parents in the penthouse is very odd setup. I, yeah, still super sketch, but I guess it, it means nothing, so whatever. Um, I would have at least wanted, like, a scene of Eleanor recounting that day. I would like to have known that, that experience from Eleanor's perspective, because otherwise it, it definitely feels... Like, we were supposed to think something. I never thought that Eleanor killed the dad. Or I chose not to believe No, that. you didn't. But you agreed that something seemed off. Yeah. I, mean, yeah, I just, think you're right that it is probably a red herring. Could have just been a weird directorial slash writing decision. Um, but, anywho. I enjoyed the casting for Jack. Because, especially in light of him just turning out to be a guy that's just into swords... Because I think most people recently know Tony Dalton from Better Call Saul. We haven't even watched the fifth season of Better Call Saul yet, which I know he's really heavily featured in, but we saw him at the end of the fourth season. He plays uh, Lalo Salamanca. Who seems kind of like a Jack. Like, oh, I don't really know what's going on, but he knows what's up. Oh, yeah. He's a he's a menacing dude. He, he can climb around and drop ceilings and just kill people without making so much as a, a single noise. So... I think they were trying to lead people in one way, but he, he played this part so well that I would have bought it either way. I also just want to say that this 
show took so much inspiration from the Matt Fraction Hawkeye comics run, and a lot of people were confused about how that could be, because MCU Hawkeye is this guy with a farm and a family, and the Matt Fraction Hawkeye was, like, a bachelor, broke, living in an apartment in New York, and, like, just trying to stay alive, and it's a very different vibe. And, like, was Ronan at one point? I I don't actually know, because I, I read it a couple years ago, but I didn't know anything about Ronan, so I don't think that was referenced at all. Um, but, like, his and Kate's personalities were kind of flipped in the comic. She was, like, they had that whole conversation in one of the episodes about the boomerang arrows, and in the comic it was reversed. Like, Clint was like, yeah, but, like, I like boomerang arrows, and Kate's the one being like, why the hell would you ever use boomerang arrows? So... I don't... I don't understand what that's, like, a metaphor for. Like, why... Like, why is it opposite? No, I'm not saying... It's just... I That was not the point I was making. Like, oh. they are... They just flipped them. It was just, like, how they made Clint work into this, like, comic inspiration story. Because people were like, why is he in New York? Like, why is he hanging out with Kate Bishop all the time? Where's yeah. his family? And they made it... They made it make sense. Yeah, because we were all worried that they were going to fuck with his family again. Yep. But nope. He just... You know, he just knows that he needs to finish the job. Just messing with Christmas, which still. Yeah. Come on. Come on, bud. Um, so we get into episode two where we get the meeting of two Hawkeyes or a Hawk lady and a Hawkeye or a Lady Arrow or. Hawk Eve. Did you say yeah, that? Hawk Eve. Yeah, that was, that's probably my favorite, honestly. Um. And so they, like, team up, quote-unquote, tracksuits are back. Yeah. Set Kate's apartment on fire. And then... And she's, you know, she's um, made the incredible decision to don the Ronin suit publicly. <laughs> yes. Um, which is really With the... No consequence. No, see, no thought of consequence. That's what her mom has been give saying. Give her that one, because that is that is the action that ignites this whole thing. That was a really bad idea. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, after that, we, we find out that Armand, Uncle Armand, has been murdered. Yeah, we get some family drum yeah. throughout this whole episode or this whole show which i like that's what i'm here for i think the most is like the family drama and the detective aspect which i think is a thing with kate bishop specifically is that she's kind of got a jessica jones type of detective thing going on with her hawkeye stuff yeah. is that right i think so uh i want her to meet jessica jones uh, How i guess be... they're, i guess they're competitors well i don't think Maybe not in that way. I mean, I think in this, they're setting up Kate to take over the security business, which is a much bigger operation than Jessica Jones. I could see her uh, hiring Jessica Jones. Yeah. I don't see her taking over the security business, though. I think she wants to put herself as far away from any family business as she possibly can. Yeah, but who's going to run it? Jack? He's never worked a day in his life. (laughs) He does say that. Okay, but the most important thing that we get that's set up in this episode that pays off for the entire season. And I say entire, it's only fucking six episodes. Could have done with more episodes, but was the LARPers. 
this was the best plot ever because it seems like it's just a joke, which it is. Like, it's funny. Like, right. Hawkeye is going to go play with them to get his suit back. We get, like, these really great characters introduced. Like, these were, like, such good, like, fun characters that we got. And then they come back multiple times, really come through in the last episode. It was just such a good payoff for this, like, what you think is just, like, whoa, we're kind of making fun of LARPing, like, ha-ha. Yeah. Like, wink-wink, we know what this is, LOL. I but love it these was guys. I love these guys. Amazing. Like, yeah, in- incredible. They could have just left it as it was, and it would have been fine, but... Uh, yeah, we could have just had that one scene, and we're like, okay, that was kind of funny. Yeah, but it made their characters stand out so much more. Yeah, and like they could definitely be characters in like a Kate, a Kate Bishop world. Yeah, and like they're embracing Jack too. Most importantly, there's a <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, I want to see that. <laughs> he would kick ass. I mean, he was kicking ass. Oh, he with would his wreck sword. everybody's shit. I know I keep talking about Jack, but I was just really enjoying that character. This guy on our, the Reddit thread discussing the finale was like, Jack just killed like six people. Like, is anyone oh, yeah. talking about this? The Hawkeyes mostly just injured, like with their arrows. Like, a lot of those arrows I don't think killed, yeah. but <laughs> Jack was slaying. Literally slaying. <laughs> I do want to say that uh, an interesting perspective that I saw also on Reddit was from a firefighter being like, are we just not going to talk about the fact that Grills just like stole shit from a fire? Because this guy was like, I'm a firefighter. All me and all my firefighter friends were like, you can't do that. Like, every, like all oh, of your fellow firefighters suit. would be like, what the fuck, dude? You can't just go. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's house on fire. You don't go and start stealing up. shit. Yeah. I'm like, we're never going to, you know, we let Grills off easy, but like. What, what are we doing, man? That is, that's, and he, he could have cool. gotten himself into trouble. He's yeah. lucky that he just took it to a LARP event. Yeah, honestly, not cool. Because the tracksuits would have just killed him if it wasn't in broad daylight. But I'll forgive you because you came in the clutch. Um, yeah, the whole Armand murder thing, I feel like in hindsight, I don't think we needed that. I don't know. I guess it was just to like pin, like add more to like the mom's drama. Yeah, but to be honest with you, uh, I thought Eleanor's plot was kind of underbaked. Yeah, like, I didn't even feel like we got a good understanding of what Armand knew or anything like that. I guess, uh, yeah, I don't know. And, like, why she ended up with Jack. Like, I feel like there was a lot more to delve into with the mom. Like, I thought we were going to get more of Eleanor's stuff in this episode. I guess that was one of the things that I miss. I feel like we missed out on. Yeah. Um, I've seen a sentiment that was like, you don't get Vera Farmiga to just play like a mom. So everyone suspected that she would have more of a role to play because they got like a very good... I mean, she was dressed. Right. Like, she was but, like she, did, she In most of the episodes, she wasn't like actually doing that much. And I do think we could have, I would have not been mad if they had given us like a bit more scenes of around like Kate, like overhearing something or just, just like weave this thread into the background a bit more, but they kill Armand so early that we don't have a good grasp on what's happening yet. And every time Kate confronts her, it's like the same, we had the same conversation each time and I was like, we're not moving this forward. And even at the end, like. 
Kate kind of flips the script and is like, stay here. I'm getting you out of your mess this time. Yeah. Like, she kind of takes on the parent role. But I was like, still, I was kind of hoping for more. There's no breakthrough. Yeah. Because Eleanor still is just, like, so stubborn. I, well, I think it, the but... breakthrough was not for Eleanor. It was for Kate. That's which... true. That's true. Um, yeah. I'm. That's. But that's I don't fair. think we're going to see that play out until we see Kate again. Like, seeing her dealing with, yeah, not having money right so i think you're right that she won't take over the security company or yeah i just i feel like it makes more sense to for her to walk away so then this kind of dovetails into clint getting kidnapped and then into episode three where we get maya slash echo's introduction yeah really cool um i like her intro with uh you know fitting in with the christmas theme it's uh Christmas Island by Depeche Mode playing and she's like touching the speakers so she can feel the bass which is like our first well and we we see the the track suits are like signing to her and she was just such a just no he's not signing oh you're right she was just like reading his lips yeah I forgot because they don't only <laughs> they don't one do knows how to sign yeah and yeah I feel like this is where the show really starts to pick up not that the first two episodes were slow but the plot wasn't really in high gear yet. And as soon as they get personally involved with... Because they've been dealing with like the low-level tracksuit guys, and now they're working way up the ladder. Yeah, and we were kind of framed to think that Maya's like the villain of the season. And then we get so much nuance to that. So we get... Yelena coming in and she's kind of causing havoc. We obviously have the mom or Jack, we don't know, like being a villain. And then we keep hearing about uncle. And so we know that there's like an overarching guy. But, um, and then of course we have like Kazi, um, who has like this weird relationship with Clint that we don't really know about. Um, So I like that because you had said that she was getting her own show. She is. They right. annu- And they announced it. Right, I know. Months ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we don't know too much about the show yet, but I had high expectations for Echo's character because apparently it was her performance in this that made them greenlight that show. And then people were drawing their own conclusions knowing that her comic origin has a lot to do with Kingpin and Daredevil. Um, so I was really excited to see what they would do with it. And also just to add to the, that I didn't know anything about this character in the first place. I only knew, like, that bit of information. Yeah, but so because we knew that, we were like, how are they going to keep her as a protagonist for her own show? And, right. And obviously they did a good job with it because they knew that they were going to be doing that. But as we were watching, we are like, something's not going to be right about this. Right, like, like yeah, we're not going to have, like, the lead of another Marvel show being, like, I gotta fucking kill Hawkeye. Like, that's yeah. my drive-in life. No yeah. way. But we got a really lovely flashback with her and her dad, who we had just seen in Reservation Dogs. That guy, And like, so, we saw him in something else, too. He was recently. in the best episode of season two of Westworld. I mean, there was something oh, more yeah, recent yeah, than yeah. that. But, no, this guy was incredible. He's in the episode for all of five minutes. I know. I'm sorry. We didn't get more of him. He makes such an impact. And it made it... It it was so sad that he was, like, a tracksuit. 
I was like, this guy doesn't seem like he should be working yeah, for Wilson Fisk. I know. But, but that's, how it, that's how it goes we sometimes. We also find out that, like, lots of people are in debt to Wilson Fisk, and you can't just, like, not be there. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know how much they're going to extrapolate from his status in the criminal world that we see in Daredevil, but he had everybody, like, working for him one way or the other. And honestly, I thought we were going to see something like that play in the finale because in Daredevil, we frequently see that he has cops on his payroll. And when Eleanor got arrested, I was like, I don't know, this could be this could be Kingpin's cops. That would be really sad. Yeah, and they're not going to do that. But it goes to show like just how far his influence goes but we didn't really get to see too much of that so far probably the best fight scene as far as i'm concerned in the whole show which is clint and kate breaking out of echo's warehouse which is like an old like toy store um apparently i think i read this the scene where hawkeye's in the ball pit and like dives out of it and stabs those guys through the feet with arrows that was jeremy renner's idea i think they were shooting and he just like got in the ball pit (laughs) and the directors were like we have to do something with this that's funny that was a cool that was a cool set that they had for i mean for a lot of it like i think they did well with like presumably having kind of a lower budget yeah Um, it was just it was a fun location for them to use and also we get this very interesting dynamic of Maya telling Clint that he's too reliant on his hearing aid and then breaking it during the fight, which... Yeah, I thought we were going to get more of that, but yeah, it was fine. I, this is like, you know, the next couple of times that they interact, they don't really have time to talk. <laughs> she only was able to do that because he was still tied up. Um, also, pretty huge casting to have not only... Native American, deaf actress, and disabled, like, has a prosthetic, like, foot, leg. Like, I'm really glad that Marvel is, like, moving in this direction. (laughs) And that she's going to get her own show. I was like, what a badass. I love it. She she was so great, and didn't you say this was, like, the first thing she's really been in? I think so. Yeah. Which is, like, unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. We get a great car chase. Love a great yeah, car chase. from the uh, trailer. Yeah, but Mostly. fortunately they saved the uh, the last part on the bridge for the show because as soon as I saw that Pim arrowhead, I was like, oh shit. And, uh, you know, maybe could have used some news reports about why, what bridge is that? I don't even know. Was it the GW? No. No. Why one of the main bridges in Manhattan is closed to traffic because there's a giant arrow with Pim's name on it sticking out of it. Meanwhile, Hank Pim's in San Francisco being like, Scott, why did you give him another one of my arrows? That's not the only one he has. Um, And this is also where we get the Daredevil, not the Daredevil tease, the Kingpin tease in the form of literally just a shot of (laughs) Wilson Fisk's chest and an arm and everybody's voice he laughed like that's all he did is he got 
And everybody flipped their shit. That was in the very beginning, though. Yeah, that yeah. In the, in the flashback, flashback, but the power that Vincent D'Onofrio has. Well, and people, I guess, had been predicting it for a while. Right. Yeah, they were just looking for any any sign. And that was pretty obvious if you knew who it was. I was very excited because we had just been talking about it not that long ago. Yeah. About just about Vincent D'Onofrio in general and if they were gonna bring back Kingpin, like it would be silly to not have that actor come back. Oh yeah. They know how much people love him. Um he seemed unwell. Kingpin. I mean, yeah, when we see him, he's well, he, obviously he has his cane. He didn't have his cane in Daredevil. His eye is twitching. He's always sweaty. I feel like that's just because yeah. he's a big guy. And he's, he insists on wearing suits all the time. <laughs> he was struggling. Yeah. Until he started fighting. And then it's like, oh, yeah. It's funny, like, and I, I think this is totally on purpose, but, like, it's just, like, he's swinging and, like, is, like, just, like, it. there's no finesse, but he's successful with what he is doing i mean like yeah he's just like a tank yeah and that's that's how he fought in daredevil because like daredevil can like actually fight kingpin just takes the punches and then pile drives you through a wall <laughs> that's what i just love that so much like he doesn't need to know how to fight this guy is like what six six something tall built like a tank and apparently, from what we see in this, is near invincible. He's so. just like Ali on the ropes, you know, letting George Foreman <laughs> just duke it out, getting his energy out. That was a boxing reference. <laughs> yeah, I know sports. What, what just happened? <laughs> I just wanted to flex. Great ref. Thank and it's so, it's so true. This is a boxing podcast now. Also, <laughs> we get we start getting these hints about Laura Barton not just being Laura Barton. Yeah, we get a uh, Rolex mis- the the Rolex mystery continues. Speaking of which, we talk about the payoff for that that we finally get in the finale. In the last episode, yeah. which was like being speculated that she, Laura was part of Shield or something. I mean, they were dropping hints pretty heavily uh, cuz you know, the, the only time that we've seen Laura before do we do we actually see her in well we see her in infinity war no in endgame avengers 2 yeah i was gonna say also age of ultron but she's not really like doing much and she's like there she's like really good like moral support for clint but you i mean the only thing you get is that she knows what's what's up right but like yeah nothing is a secret but yeah we think that she's just kind of like holding shit down at home but no which i love that they gave her more character and i i don't think they're really gonna do anything with this no i think it's just like a nice piece of and like that's how they met right and then she opted out i guess to have family and all that stuff i'm assuming yeah but um yeah so on the watch at the very end it shows like the shield logo and then it says like 17 which i presumed was like agent 17 like that's her number which does bring me to the question of what ordering they do for their numbers because we get introduced to Sharon Carter, who is much younger, and she's agent 13, am I right? Something like that. I'm not 100%. It's less than 17, isn't it? I think so. They must just have, you know, I don't I don't know. Or Sharon how. Carter. I said Shannon. Oh, we, we, we get it. Uh, yeah, 
I I don't know. It's clearly not sequential or based on seniority. Yeah, Asian 13. So not 100% sure what that means. I'm thinking it's like a, a James Bond thing where like they, re- they reuse numbers. Like maybe Sharon is... Um, you know, the Agent Carter, she's, like, reusing that number 13. I think that's probably it. So I I had to confirm this. It was actually, the watch actually said Agent 19, and it looks like Agent 19 is also Mockingbird, as this character is called. Um, She was actually, I don't know, like, how they're going to make this fit if they try to do it again, uh, or, like, go into more detail, but it's this character, Bobby Morse, who was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, she was a great character. Oh, yeah. They, they like, killed her off, they, kind of. They didn't even kill her. They just, like, wrote her off. Because yeah. they were like, you guys are going to do a spinoff. And then the spinoff then didn't. did not even get picked up, which was sad for them. Um, so if we're going by, like, the James Bond style of things, Laura Barton could have been, like, the old Agent 19. And then, you know, if they want to even try to keep Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. canon, which they're not, which, we could say that, you know, they, they took over. Low but effort. I also think um, Bobby Morse was in a relationship with Hawkeye in the comics. Okay. So this is kind of like... Maybe I, she took on a new name when she got out. Yeah. Maybe it, she's Bobby. I mean, hey, I, I'm i not opposed. I, I love it. I, yeah. I don't... I mean, it'd be fun to see more about it, but I also don't need to, like, I can yeah, use my imagination some fun background that. Stuff. I just... I like it. Shield and, um, deep cover business. Because there's actually... I was just on the Wikipedia... Uh, like the Marvel wiki uh, reading about like Laura Barton to see if I missed anything. And one of the lines that it has regarding the farm is in Age of Ultron, Clint is like, Fury helped me set this up when I joined S.H.I.E.L.D. So I wonder, like, and at the time, this was certainly not intended, but it's like, you know, what's the what's the HR protocol when two agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. start dating <laughs> They're like, okay, you guys can do it. No one ever finds out. No one no one gets to know, and you also have to live in South Dakota. Is that where it is? No, I just oh. made that up. Yeah, I was... <laughs> they never say Earlier, where it is. I must have, like, Kansas or something. But... That's probably more right. Anyway. Which, yeah, the, the Rolex from the auction had also been lifted from the Avengers compound. Um, A lot of questions about just, like, things being lifted, quote-unquote, from the Avengers compound. We did mention this in the Spider-Man episode. This is not a spoiler, but, like, what is going on? Like, was there a heist of it? Like, who is maintaining this? This I'm blaming Happy. I mean, probably. (laughs) uh, But I don't... Actually, I I would love to blame Happy, but I don't think he was involved with the Avengers compound whatsoever. I don't think that was... What do you mean? That was not, He's head of security, Griffin. I guess. Head of security. He probably delegated it to somebody else. (laughs) My headcanon is after shit got blown up and everybody left, the Department of Damage Control... Like after Infinity War? After Endgame. After it it was a crater, uh, the Department of Damage Control went in and took everything that they could. And then some of those shady bastards in the Department of Damage Control were like, I can make some money and sold it on the black market. That's, That's how I see it. And it was very convenient that one of those things was the Ronin suit because otherwise the federal government would have had a lot of questions on why that was in the Avengers compound. They could have just... Oh, yeah, it was Tony. (laughs) He's dead. You can't ask him. (laughs) 
Um, I mean, they could just say an Avenger uh, ended Roman's run. Sure. And kept the suit as a momentum. As a trophy. A momento. Um, we also get this like really sweet scene in the midst of all of the the chaos of Kate and Clint like doing Christmas because she knows that he's missing out on like movie night and decorating the tree and like all this stuff and then he like teaches her how to do this like snapping thing which I love that it came back I wasn't actually expecting it to come back I should have known that it was gonna come back but um like kind of snapping a coin and like being able to hit something with it and I was recalling in middle school when I was in middle school like that was a big thing that people would do was like snap coins and like flick them across the room and like People got really good at it. And Never seen it before. It was very fun. I would participate in that. It um, seems activity. really difficult. We used to do it in our algebra class. Could you like actually aim with it, or is it just yeah? Like, I'm just gonna launch. This I mean, shit. like if you got good at it, you could aim. But like most of us were just kind of like trying to get momentum. Sure. Um, but yes. But anyway, that whole scene is just like very sweet of them because the whole season. I keep wanting to say the whole, like, episode, but the whole season there, you know, I want to work together. Well, Kate always is consistent. Like, she wants to work with, with Hakai, and he's just, like, back and forth. Like, I know I shouldn't do this, but, like... <laughs> I'm not going to leave you. She can be helpful. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, and, of course, he's not going to leave her, but he kind of wants to, like, work alone, but sometimes she's helpful, sometimes she's not. <laughs> um, anyway, it's just, like, it's just, like, a nice moment for them. And I love this, like, weird apartment that they're in, like, of her aunt's. Yeah, all sorts of, like, random shit on the wall. And we get more LARPers in this episode. This yeah. is, we're on episode four in my notes, but... Yeah, it's almost like a bit of downtime after they get away from the tracksuits for a while. Before... Until... You know who shows up. Yeah, so Kate makes another questionable decision and is like, I'm just gonna go into this apartment and mosey about... I mean, it would have gone poorly either way well, because like, clearly was Maya was there ready to kick her ass. Yeah, no matter who showed up. But little do we know that another combatant has entered the fray at... Well, there would be no good time for that to happen during this show, but, like, in the middle of an attempted heist on this Rolex, uh, one Black Widow assassin, sister to Natasha Romanoff, Elena... Just Romanoff? I don't know. <laughs> pops in to say hello. Just, hi, I'm here to kill you. She doesn't say that. No, she, she doesn't say anything. She doesn't, yeah, not a word. Not a word. Um, Which leads us into episode five, which I think episode five is my favorite episode. Yeah, episode five was really good. It started with um, Yelena's flashback. Almost every episode, it seems, starts with a flashback. Well, half. But so it's her getting blipped, basically. She's, like, doing Black Widow stuff. She's, like, learning that, like, you can be... Or she's, like, trying to do what she said she was going to do, like, free... She, she thinks she's freeing a brainwashed Black Widow. Which I think technically she did. I know they said, like, I don't think she was brainwashed. I think she was, but I think she is kind of just an asshole. Or no, she was like, I'm already. Been I don't know freed, how she. Or... I don't know how she wasn't, but she wasn't because that's why she had that house. Because she was like, I'm a contract killer, and she oh, wouldn't have I had see. that if she was still a widow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Okay, yes, but anyway, this is something that also like I didn't feel like was resolved. But 
they start bringing up Natasha and her and they're like, oh, you guys are going to like live in New York together and like be sisters. And then like Yelena kind of like has a reaction to that comment and goes into the bathroom. And then that's, of course, when the blip happens. And like that was one of the coolest like, I guess it's like cinematography or like special effects things yeah. that they did. I mean, I, I feel like most of the budget to this episode probably went towards like doing this one scene. What? And, oh, well, not seriously. <laughs> but I do know that they, when they, they have this really cool effect where, you know, they show it very well how fast that time goes. That five year gap for them was like a matter of seconds. And she goes into the bathroom and then when she comes back, well, the, the walls are the remodeled. walls are painted a different yeah. color, so her brain is literally catching up with what's changing. And I think the directors said that they did that, like they painted the bathroom, like again for that sequence, and then like had like them do these effects where it was like the actual wall fading in, so that wasn't the green wasn't just like CG'd in. Uh, but I thought that was which is like unnecessary, but I thought it was really cool. Yeah, and also like. We keep getting these other perspectives on the snap, like, years after, like, these movies where they actually happen, and I love it, because it's it's one thing when we saw it in Far From Home, it's like, haha, funny, and then in WandaVision, um, we get, like, this very, like, hectic, and we don't really see, like, what yeah, was happening before. Yeah, at a before. hospital. That was, like, a really good way to show, like, how... Yeah. Insane, that is. I also think... And uh, then, of course, Falcon and the Winter Soldier covered it probably yeah. the most. But I just meant, like, like actually seeing oh, it. Oh, yeah. Really cool to see another perspective, and I hope they find another way to, like, show this for different characters, because I just love it. Yeah. Um, but so that's really sad, and, like, it does make me wonder, like, what was going on with her and Natasha at the time that she disappeared? Maybe nothing. Maybe I was just reading into it too much. Well, I, I probably was, but... They did... Yeah, she was kind of, like, weird about it. Like, she went and, like, splashed water on her face, like... At the time, because I don't think anybody knew what was going on with the Avengers in, the in like, the days leading up to the Thanos snap... I mean, they're still like on the run, essentially. That's like maybe what maybe she's just like worried because like she yeah. she hasn't heard from her. She's like off, like she's like. Yeah, and then her first thought is, "I have to let Natasha know I'm okay." We're not okay. Brutal. They do that, and then they're like, "Here's the Marvel fanfare. Here's another fun Hawkeye episode." <laughs> it was a fun Hawkeye episode, it was. and we get a lot of Yelena. I loved this scene of Yelena and. Kate talking at Kate's table and they're just like having this like genuine conversation but also like Yelena obviously has an agenda and I love that Kate picks up on it she's like I like someone I Kate... notice that you're saying my whole name and I think you're saying it to like intimidate me she's like yes yes I am doing that yeah. like I just I liked that interaction and and then yeah her questioning her like job like you're here because you're getting paid to be here like like who are you like yeah you're better than that kind of but there's like a respect there and like i love it yeah it was (laughs) really great and i also know that this scene was a lot of improvisation from both of them really the whole thing about having one fork yeah florence Pugh just made that up that's funny they both seem like they're from like the same school of acting yeah 
the hot sauce thing. She made that up because Florence Pugh is just like, I like hot sauce. Why don't you go on Hot Ones then, Florence? She should. I guess they couldn't have done it for this because that would have been a spoiler. And then on a more serious side, we get Ronan and Echo and Kate and Kazi. And... Yeah. Should we talk about Kazi a little bit? Yeah. Well, I wanted to just, because he comes in after this, I just thought, really bold move for Clint to do what he did in this episode. Yeah. Which was like, I'm going to make you like face what's going on i'm gonna do it while i'm in the outfit that i was wearing when i literally killed your dad yeah he didn't use a lot of tact there not a not a tactful guy i mean i think it was effective but like he did almost die if kate was not there he would be dead yeah (laughs) i guess she was going to stab him with his own sword and he was not going to be able to do anything about it I just, well, no, I thought he had her, and that's, like, when he did the whole threat thing. Yeah, and then she took the sword and flipped him over and tried to stab him, and she shot the sword out of his... I see. Yeah. He was, like, not, like, he was, you know, using the sword and stuff, but he wasn't in, like, I'm going to kill you mode. He was, like, I'm going to make you Because that's not who he is anymore. Right. He only kills when his family's not alive. It's true. And he did... He did basically threaten her being like, if you come after me or my family. Then I might have to. Oh no, Ronan's back. Row, row. <laughs> and then he was like, you need to reflect on why I was even going after your dad because Uncle Daddy wanted him dead. Uncle Willie, if you will. No, if you will. I oh. won't. Yeah, and then we get this moment, so... We've had, like, a glimpse into the kind of, like, Maya and Kazi are close. Um, They're dating. Yeah. Like, They're fucking. Yeah. Um, but they have, like... He's the only person that learns sign language in that whole group. I mean, they do actually show Wilson Fisk doing a little bit. And I yeah. was like, I actually appreciate... It. That's the level I thought he would know is what he did. Right. Pretty um, fairly basic, I think, but... And there's just something so sweet about it. I was, like, really sad about Kazi's character, actually. Yeah. Even though, like, he was set up that, like, he didn't seem like he was going to make it through the season. No. No, he did not. Like, I knew from the beginning, but I still liked him. Yeah. Um, It was just interesting to see, like, how their relationship played out. Because you could tell that he, uh, he was a lot more concerned about, like... His and also Maya's reputation, like, in their organization that she was. Uh, and was, like, always trying to be the one to, like, kind of Reel her keep in. her on track and do whatever they do when they're not trying to kill Hawkeye. I don't know what that is. Well, I wonder if something similar happened with her dad that he witnessed and was like, I don't want you to make the same mistake your dad made. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I think, I mean, he is trying to protect her. And I think knows that, like, she's in over her head with Hawkeye and stuff. Yeah. And and obviously he's trying to protect himself because he knows he knows what's going on and that if she gets too close, she's going to put it together that he was involved with her dad's murder. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wish he didn't have to die, but, like, he was... Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense the other any other way, but I just... That's what happens when you put your loyalties with a guy like Kingpin. It's not going to... 
it's probably not going to work out for you. Yeah, but I also liked his perspective at the end. He's like, this this is my life. Like, I don't have a choice. And, like, you had a free pass to get away, and, and you didn't. Like, right. And then she kills him, and it's really sad. But expected. Sad, but expected. Too true. That's the only way his character was going to go. I think people are probably upset about him, too, because I think the character of Kazi in the comics um was a lot more fleshed out i think he was even like yeah he had a name he goes by clown i don't like that and he like wears like clown makeup and stuff no, i'm glad we're not doing that i mean that was not something that they could i mean maybe that was the ball pit reference they're like uh, in yeah. an old like children's thing maybe that was like the joke yeah the reference i mean I, it probably was I think, yeah, he must have been a big part in this. I thought I read this comic, but I don't really remember him too much. Um, we also get more mama drama, as in Kate's mom and Jack. Jack gets arrested in this episode after Kate confronts her mom, and she's like, look, I know I've said Jack's bad like seven times, but this time it's different, and here's why. And she's like, oh, I'm... I'm going to look into it this time. And then the next time we see them, Jack's getting arrested. And it's like, then, like, if you didn't already know, you should have known that 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 the mom was behind all of that oh, stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just I gotta... mean, Jack was a really good red herring. He seems like, I mean, he's like a piece of shit, but we love him, right? Yeah. I mean, but like, yeah, like, you look at him, he's he's got a weird obsession with swords He's got the mustache. Something sketchy could be going on. But no, this man gets framed and is smiling as he gets arrested. He's like, don't worry, I have enough money to get out of this. Just gotta love the optimism. And then we're at the last episode, which we've talked a lot about already, but... Yeah, I mean... We get some things wrapped up. After getting... Like a present. Because it's Christmas. Oh my god. They just put a bow on the show. After getting teased with Kingpin in like a blurry image on a phone, I was like, I'm ready to see my man. In I didn't flesh. even think we'd get this much of him. Yeah, like, me neither. Like, I thought we would see him in the beginning. Um, he's in it a lot. Yeah. They were like, yeah, he's here, and we're going to show you how he fights, so when he shows up later, you're not surprised. Um, what? We didn't see him fight, did we? Fighting Kate? Oh, yeah, but, like, I thought you meant at the beginning. No, I meant, like, because this dude's going to show up in other shows. I meant, like, they could have just showed him in the beginning, but they were, I think they wanted to kind of establish more, like, what, in yeah, what he is. Um, I really thought Eleanor was going to bite it in this episode because it's not really, people that go to Kingpin and are like, I am terminating this business partnership. Oh, and... I have things that I can use against you. That they don't have a great track record. So I do wonder what that insurance policy is. And I was saying out loud to you all we were watching. I wonder if this has to do with the dad's death. Does did Vincent D'Onofrio have anything to do with it? Was he there? There's no explanation of that. I mean, her insurance policy, I'm sure, could be anything. Like it could just yeah. be him doing illegal shit. Like yeah, just like having 
like, like being, being mic'd up during conversations where he yeah she's insecurities or, like yeah yeah um so she did have that but like bold you know that that's a lot of nerve I like her I I mean I think she's problematic in some ways but I really like her and she's she's like um she's spunky and yeah. I like I mean no I like her too I just think she's made some bad calls but I think how much of that is her fault you know well, I think the subtle thing is that, you know, Kate's like her dad, like spontaneous, like doesn't think things through because her dad's the one that's like originally had all the money, I guess, because it's yeah, his penthouse. Yeah. Um, but I think she's really more like her mom in a lot of ways. And I think that's also why there's tension. But yeah, um, yeah, I think I think it's bold and I like that about her. Yeah, she went for it, and, you know, she, she gets to walk away even though she goes to jail. I like Eleanor, Sumi, and Jack. I like all the characters. I mean, so, yeah, so do I. Even though they're involved in shady shit, that's just, that's how it goes. That's life. That's what she says. And this is Walgreens. I know. Uh, I was like, that's kind of bold, though. It, coming from her, like, in that moment, I was like, maybe you just spare, like, the life lessons right now. Because you, like, murdered somebody. <laughs> well, I think that's why she said that she's, like... You don't understand. It sounded like a villain speech. Like, this is, this is how the world works. You just don't get it. Which it kind of was a villain speech. And then being like, you're going to get your mom arrested on Christmas. I'm like, all right. Put I, her, get her out of here. Literally, I think that was just a reminder that it was Christmas. As if all the other stuff wasn't enough? Yeah, I saw the tree not get knocked over. Oh, that could just be December. <laughs> I really like uh, the whole scene at the party. We have the LARPers make their triumphant return. They're like... Excellent addition. Running interference for the Hawkeyes. And then Elena shows up. And are qualified to do it. I mean, yes, they do the LARPing thing, but they're also like EMTs and and firefighters and stuff like that. They can handle an emergency. Yeah. It makes sense. They're not just like putting civilians at risk. Right, right. These are people that put themselves at risk all the time. Yeah. Uh, Elena shows up looking fly as ever. Oh my gosh. I wanted to see her in like a bang out dress, but she was wearing her uh, yeah. normal The coat was pretty sick. Outfit. And then we oh, have yeah. the world's her worst. her Oh yeah. Which I think Haley Steinfeld was wearing a weird wig in this episode. Something seemed off. We also have the world's worst sniper, Kazi, just failing miserably at his job. Like, what are you doing, man? He, we, we see him, like, try to do things, like, three times in this show. Try to commit crimes for the tracksuits and just, it's just a bust. It's embarrassing. He's got a heart full of gold, though. If Echo didn't kill him, Kingpin definitely would have killed him. Kingpin's not doing so well. No. I think, I think he'll be okay. (laughs) Uh, yeah, we see Kingpin take an arrow to the chest. Um, Pulls it out, snaps it off, pulls it out. Snaps it off. Like, I don't even know if he pulls it out. It was unclear. He might have had, like, body armor. I mean, he had a Hawaiian shirt on. And a fedora. Uh, He was looking nice. Eleanor runs him over. And I didn't notice this, like, just, like, a nitpick, I guess. We see Eleanor, like... Passed out. Well, she's, like... We see this, this... Her driver is dead in this car. Yes. Off screen for about... 30 seconds, Eleanor gets that car going 70 miles per hour and slams it into a wall. Like, where did you just come from? Did you just dump the dead guy onto the street? Yes. I mean, she would totally do that shit. 
Well, also, like, she just saved Kate's life. Yeah. I just felt like someone was like, how did she get that car going that fast? And that was a fun Also, like, <laughs> how did she just, like, get knocked out from that? Like, she was fine. Like, the air- Vincent D'Onofrio <laughs> took the hit of the building. I think she wasn't wearing her seatbelt. You know? I guess so. Yeah, bonked her head on the steering wheel. That's why you buckle up, folks. Uh, we get a Yelena and Kate fun fight in the elevator. That was excellent. When Kate, like, slaps. <laughs> it was just so great. She's like, what did you just do? Um, then we get Clint and Kazi and that crew fighting. Yeah, on the ice rink. Then we get the big fight of Yelena and Clint, where I may or may not have shed a tear or two. I mean, it got emotional. But you know what? I, I really did like that scene, and I was glad that they, they worked it out. But I was like, Clint, fucking spit it out, man. Yeah, but... You're getting beat over the head by, by Natasha's sister, and you're like, you wouldn't understand. Just like... No, he says, you wouldn't believe me, which is true. She doesn't want to believe that she wants to be mad at somebody, and she doesn't want to be mad at Natasha. I guess so. I just felt like... I mean, yeah, whatever. There, It wasn't the time, but he was being, like, so, like, obtuse about it still. At least he was, like, she sacrificed herself. Because, like, before he was just, like, yeah, like, just spit it out. But I think it's he, like some, he uh, wants to be... Uh, I don't want to say it like that, but like he's what? he's taking those hits right. because right. he feels like he deserves it. Yeah, I, I, guess I get how that. I, put it. I get that. I was still getting frustrated. Oh, for sure. I was sure. like, there's there's more nuance here. Just fucking tell her, man. She's gonna kill you. I mean, this was like the most predictable scene ever. Abs- uh, yeah. And I still loved it. Right. I wanted this scene. Everybody wanted this scene. I don't care that it was predictable. Like, no, I'm not mad about it. Um, it needed to happen. I'm conflicted on him doing the whistle. Like, I liked it for the moment because that was, like, probably the only thing that was going to, like, make her hesitate. But it also felt, like, treachery. Like, that's their <laughs> thing. Don't do the whistle. Yeah. Um, but um, it yeah, Clint, definitely worked in the moment. Clint probably thought that. He was like, he's like, this is either going to work or I'm definitely going to die. Um, but it was a really sweet callback because... There was literally no callback to Yelena ever in anything because they made her up after the fact, and that sucks because it would have been way more interesting for Black Widow's character to know hints of that. Yeah, but, but better now than never. Yeah. Yes. Correct. I wanted more of a scene with them after like talking about Natasha, but I also understood Yelena being like, I literally can't handle being around you because I still hate you for getting to be basically my sister's brother. And yeah, I when didn't. I didn't have that time. Yeah. yeah. Which she says, but like as long as she comes back to hang out with Kate, I don't care. What do you think this means for Elena and like her role in these kind of anti-Avengers that we've been seeing? Or that two Val ways, is, two ways uh, that yeah collecting. Because I think she could. It still sets her up to being an antihero. How she leaves in this, like she doesn't want to be a good guy. No, good she's not, guy. She's not quote interested. unquote. I'm putting that in quotes because like, as we're seeing, like they're not all good. You know, I mean, she doesn't like the Avengers, but like one, even despite that, Young Avengers, if they're doing a Young Avengers, because they've had. 
Young Avenger characters in every show so far. They haven't said anything, but, She like, doesn't feel like a Young Avenger, though. She's, like, older. She's not, but she could be someone that... They probably wouldn't call them Young Avengers either, but she could be someone that, like, mixes with that group. Mostly yeah, but because I don't want that's where Kate would be. Fucking John Walker anywhere. Well, John Walker wouldn't be with near my characters. Oh well, I mean he's going to be somewhere. But I, I think that there's going to be two groups. There's going to be so like for the Young Avengers, we have from all the people that we've met in the show so far, we've got like Wanda's kids. If we've they got, come back, if they come back, which hopefully they will. Uh, maybe kid. Kate. Yeah, Kate. Maybe kid Loki. From Loki, even though I don't know what what I don't of him. know about could that. be fun, uh, and then in Falcon and the Winter Soldier we have Isaiah Bradley and his grandson is in there who apparently like is he takes over and I forget what his character's name is um, possibly is, someone from the Spider Man universe yeah I that would, has magic I don't know who could say um, and then yeah we have we still have this question mark of the uh, I guess people call it like the Dark Avengers, which also that's so comic booky they never use it. But like we don't know what Val's doing or or what she she's like some weird intermediary that just is like. Does she work for Wilson Fisk? We don't know. I, like she doesn't strike me as working for Wilson Fisk. Maybe working with Wilson Fisk. Yeah. Um, but like on that side we have Elena, John Walker, but so far that's we haven't had too many of these like maybe Echo. Type. Yeah. Oh, that's true. And I'm assuming, like... I could definitely see her, Echo, and Yelena teaming up. Yeah, yeah. That, oh, that's probably true. And then, like, I don't know what to expect. We're about to get it. She-Hulk and Miss Marvel. Miss yeah. Marvel will definitely be Young Avengers. Moon Knight, Moon Knight could team don't up with don't know anything the, about that. He's, like, a really violent individual. So he could he could team up with like these Walker. Yeah, honestly. Um, so I, there's a lot of teaming opportunities here. I'm I'm curious to see where they go with it. And then the last thing I want to talk about from this episode is our. Oh, and sorry, we have the Shang Chi characters too. Oh yeah, I don't know how they would fit into this. I mean, I don't know because they're like older too, but Shang Chi's also like could be. Yeah. Helping I, out the. I have Avengers. no I idea know. where they're going to. They this might character. do something different with that. Um, but the sister could be with the helping the anti-Avengers. Agreed with the new Ten Rings. Yeah. The only, like, the one of the last sequences that we get, besides, you know, Clint and Kate finally going to Christmas, which is very sweet, was uh, Kingpin trying to bail and saying, fuck this, I am taking my Hawaiian shirt and going home, only to be confronted by Echo, who... Love to see to, him grovel, first of yes. all, Wilson. Rare moment. Uh, she's making one last stop before she leaves town. And uh, maybe shoots him in the face, because that is certainly what is implied. We, we hear a gunshot, but they turn the camera away, and we all know soap opera slash comic book rules. If they don't die on screen, they're not really dead. We see the camera pan away. My theory on what happens here, because even though I, I understand things could be a little bit different for their relationship in the comics, was that she, instead of aiming the gun at his head, turns it just a little bit to the side and maybe fires it off, like, right in his ear. And we get, you know, a Fisk that maybe understands a little bit better one of the worlds that Echo has to walk in. I think that was how her 
dad phrased it. Which, I don't know how that would, like, play into his character at all, but it would be interesting, especially if he ends up, like, going against Daredevil again. Just oh, something, like, yeah. that's bringing Chief all these characters together. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, well, what was in the comic? Her the comic, origin? yeah, it looked like, so I don't have, like, the full context, but I think it's pretty similar. She's like, I'm leaving, and Kingpin is like, you know, she's confronting him about the same thing here. Like, you got my father killed. And he's like, you know, like, I, like, want, like, he's, yeah, he's groveling, like you said. Um, but she just fully does fire that shit in his face. Um, but he's Kingpin. So he does walk away. Just but I off. think he's, like, I think he's temporarily blinded. Is this like a 50 cent thing? <laughs> I mean, just yeah. Just his face and is fine. <laughs> the, Handsomer the than ever. Fist. Um, so if they go that route, you know, we got, it's always, it's going to be something, uh, sensory related either way, which makes a lot of sense. Um, and here's the Spider-Man spoiler. Watch out. Here comes the daredevil. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So daredevil is introduced in Spider-Man, which is very exciting. So we know he's coming back and it'll be interesting to see how he plays a part in possibly Echo's story. We're going to get more Kingpin, or he'll show up again whenever we're getting a Miles Morales. We're waiting. We are waiting. There's a lot of opportunities here, Um, but it was was great. It was great. Really, really loved how they wrapped everything up here. I know we talked about it already, but great little self-contained story, and they really knocked it out of the park. Yeah, so if you haven't watched, I highly recommend don't listen to this episode. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe, you, know, you don't even need to watch it anymore. You know it all. You've basically seen it. You spent this last hour here with us. Really pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I think this was when the initial slate of Disney Plus shows was announced. I think the, the reaction ranged from, like, all right, I'm, I'm glad he's finally getting a show to, like, do we... Do we really need to do this? Like, there's all these new characters. Why are we revisiting Hawkeye of all people? Um, but I think, and I hope that this made everybody happy. I hope that you all liked it as much as we did. Before we hop off and call it quits on the Hawkeye series, hopefully we'll see these characters again soon. Um, what would you say your favorite scene was? If you can pick one from the whole... Anything with Yelena and Kate. I actually think, I mean, it's not an action scene, but I think it's the scene where they're sitting at her table in her fire-ridden apartment, which I'm very sad about her apartment. It was a very cool apartment. It's really cool. It's really cool. Um, Art deco. That was probably my favorite, like, actual scene. My favorite action scene was probably... I mean, it was... I mean, I really liked her in the elevator. I mean, the whole last episode was, like, just really good action all around. We got all really good fight scenes... Um, I mean, Hawkeye and Kate fighting everybody on the ice skating rink was, like, fun and cool. breaking out all the arrows. I think I would have said the car scene, but we saw so much of it in the trailer. Like, I'm kind of bummed that, like, most of that scene was in the trailer. I was like, okay, I can check out of this because I already saw the whole thing. It is too bad. Like, they played the whole thing. Yeah. Like, three minutes of that scene. It was a lot. Like, not just, like, clips of it. They didn't, like, cut away. They never cut. But... Um, it was fun. What That's still you? my favorite. 
uh, car seat. Sorry, I'm gonna, I'm I just gonna, pooed on it. I'm going to combine it. I'm also going to cheat. And it I'm was gonna really it good. With, like, that whole escape, the escape from the track suits. And I'm going to put the fight scene and the car chase together because they do go into each other. Damn it. And it was it good. It was really good. Um, I just would have liked it more. If I get I hadn't it though. Seen I agree. It. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Bert and Birdie. Um, they directed like four of the episodes. I don't know their real names. Uh, that, as far as we're concerned, those are their real names. Yep. Uh, they seem super cool. And they didn't direct the finale, which I was disappointed about because I think it would have been better if they did. It was a great finale. It was. But I also think that um, I didn't talk about it, but the fight scenes that they directed were better. Just, I, just in my opinion. And for my favorite non-action scene, I'm doing, I gotta pick the same thing. Aye, aye, aye. What well, about the Christmas scene? I thought that's what you were gonna pick. The one at the end? No. Oh, the one with them. Oh, that's good too, but I mean, I know it's just aping to say the one that you just said, I but like. you didn't care about the yelling stuff as much as well, I Well, I wasn't as emotionally invested, but like the scene itself what was like. monster. Incredible. Ignoring that, uh, I mean, just seeing like Florence Pugh and Haley Steinfeld like bouncing off each other was like their, I would say like comedic chemistry, but just like it was comedic. But it also like when it wasn't, it still worked really well, and it was just, you know, I didn't I didn't expect to get a scene like that between those two characters, and it was it was very fun. Um, who was your favorite, like? tertiary character like one of the tracksuit guys um <laughs> uh can i can i have the uh the duo the tracksuit duo the the two like main tracksuit guys that we see oh, do they right. count um because we got they were they were criminally underused I, I wasn't even i didn't even mean that to be a pun um but they really won me over when we see them in the van listening to Christmas and Hollis by Run DMC and talking about how they look like the Royal Tenenbaums. It's just going to stick with me. That was a really funny scene. <laughs> and then the the return of this guy's relationship troubles, which have been solved by going to see Maroon 5. Great moment. Um, I mean, mine was probably, like, the LARPers and, like, Grills was probably my favorite tertiary character. And then I also, like I said earlier, I really enjoyed Kazi, which I guess he's more of a secondary character. Yeah. Like he's pretty but still. mean. But, um, and we know how I feel about Jack. But as far as, like, yeah, like, tertiary, I'd say, like, girls and, like, that whole group. Yeah. I just thought that that was such a great payoff. Like, a bit that, that really worked well. Yeah. What a great squad. I hope... Uh, and I the hope... whole cast of Rogers the Musical, which were all Broadway actors, and I really appreciated that. A uh, special shout out to them, getting the getting the post credit scene glory, unbelievable. And final question: Which trick arrow would you most want to have at the ready in a battle? Oh, okay. Um, there's so many. We have like several kinds of like gas. We have the pim arrow. We have one that shoots needles. We have one that, that shoots one was really tranquilizer cool. darts. Sonic. Oh, the rubber one. The oh, the (laughs) the plunger. I think, I think I want the magnet. That's what I was gonna say. The The, like electric magnet one. Magnet was bad. Yes, that's exactly what I was. So useful because I was gonna say pim, but I was like, 
I mean, that one's very cool. Yeah, but like, come on. I just imagine those guys are now in the Stuart Little world. Those guys are fucked. They're gonna get eaten by an owl. Yes. I <laughs> can we talk about the owl for like one second? Because I thought that they were making a reference to something to do with like Native Americans and it being like a bad omen because I was just listening. We watched Reservation Dogs, as we said earlier, but I was listening to a podcast that was talking about how, like, owls are, like, genuinely, like, that's a, that's some bad shit's about to happen if you see an owl. And I was like, is this what is happening right now? <laughs> is it supposed to be a bad omen? And for those guys, it definitely it was, was. It was for them. That was, <laughs> I mean, It was just look, weird. Having that owl there was weird. That, the owl was super weird. And, uh, you know, those guys... That, that is rough. That is rough. Um, I know that they were coming to kill them. I don't know if they deserve to be permanently shrunk down and presumably eaten by an owl. You know? I'm going to let it go. I, we got it. We got to let it go. <laughs> got to let it go. Um, yeah. Pretty cool trick errors. I like that he makes them himself. Really nice touch. Really yeah. nice touch. We, we don't really see... Yeah, we got a lot of, like, looks into the minutiae of, like, what makes Clint Hawkeye. And uh, I wouldn't have expected that. I kind of thought that someone at S.H.I.E.L.D. just would do it for him. Maybe that's how it used well, to work. we also, like, the trick errors were, like, very much for this show. Like, we don't see that many trick errors in the rest of the series. It just has, like, bombs. Yeah. And in what if he had the USB arrow. Yeah, and, like, the grapple. Like, that's common. Yeah. But nothing, nothing to the extent here, but... This is, they deserve to have their, their screen time, um, you know, showed off. Sure. Okay, well, thanks for going on this ride with us. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as we did. Yeah. And uh, we'll be getting into Batman soon. Yeah. Yeah, we got, we got a lot coming up. Uh, but after this, you know, I, I can't wait to see which Disney Plus Marvel show is announced next because... Seems to be a bit of a drought incoming, so well, Marvel, feel free to surprise us. When's when's the next one coming out? Is it Miss Marvel or is it She-Hulk? I don't know. Because they have little trailers for both of those. I think... She-Hulk had a longer trailer, I feel like, in did. that little clip. I think it's going to be She-Hulk first. I feel like Miss Marvel was supposed to be first, but something changed. That and then Moon Knight in there somewhere, but Doctor Strange doesn't come out till May... So, and there's no stuff really for the Echo show yet, just like that it's been announced. Yeah, they're probably like, like a, maybe filming it now. Yeah, they have like a title card. <laughs> is know, it called like, Echo? It is. Yeah. So I don't know. You know, they never referred to it as Echo. But there is an episode called Echoes. Yeah. Her her episode is called Echoes. Yeah. We'll see. Very excited for that. And until next time, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays from your friends at Into the Superverse. Super